0: This is Simon Bean, you're listening to the Sure Skills Learn to Grow Podcast, where we talk to leaders in learning about the learning landscape. This week my guest is Chris Reynolds, who is an enablement guru with vast experience and is currently the field enablement manager at GitLab. In our conversation, we talk about how Chris defines enablement, which can often mean different things to different people, the importance of practically applying learning in the wild, and how to empower learners with the skills they need to thrive in their roles by moving from monolithic training to just-in-time training. I hope you guys find the conversation valuable. I know I certainly did. Here is Chris Reynolds. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Fantastic. Just want to say thank you for taking the time to to join me. And Word on the street is that your role has evolved lately at GitLab. Can you give us a little bit of insight into that and tell us a little bit about what you do?
1: Absolutely. So uh, I've been at GitLab for about a year now. Um, The first year I spent leading the customer success enablement efforts here. Um, Recently transitioned to the manager of field enablement programs. So really focused on those all routes to market. Um, Got a rock star team behind me. So we've got Kelly uh, focused on commercial enablement. Eric focused on enterprise enablement. And then Alvaro is joining us next week. He'll be focused on channel enablement.
0: Speaking about enablement, enablement is one of these things. It's one of those terms that can fall into the realm of jargon. uh, And sometimes (laughs) I think is a little hard for people to understand uh, who are not in the the industry in in L&D or in enablement themselves. Can you give us a little bit about what enablement means to you and why you think enablement is so important?
1: absolutely yeah i think the people you know within the industry and outside the industry see, tend to think that learning and development and training and enablement are kind of synonymous terms they all mean the same thing um, but i think enablement's really the evolution of that you know training is probably 10 percent of the equation but the difference to me is that enablement is that kind of operationalized learning and we're really focused on that application piece. Can you take what you've learned and apply it in your day-to-day role? And so for our team, we're focused on you know all routes to markets. So we've got to think about the pre-sales, the post-sales, how do our channel partners engage? And then what do those handoffs look like, a you know, seamless experience throughout the process?
0: I love that idea of operationalized learning uh, and that the, the practical application is, is probably the most important aspect there. How do, you, how do you do that? How do you take somebody who doesn't have that skill and help them learn how to practically apply knowledge and learning in their role, on the job, in the wild, as I've heard you say before? How do you do that? <laughs>
1: That's a great question. Uh, so I think it's a couple of different things. Uh, we started out with, uh, you know our GitLab's grown tremendously over the last year. I think there were about 600 people. When I started now, there's a little over 1,300 people. So our first order of business was to do a kind of a skills gap analysis and figure out where are our gaps, work with the leadership team to establish what does good look like in an ideal state, and then figure out what the gap is between where we are currently, where we want to be, and then a plan to get us there. And that is um, really focused on the functional piece of the process and the tooling. What are the steps to deliver You know these en- engagements what are the soft skills that are needed and then the ever important technical acumen piece and really layering those three things in to take a more holistic approach to um, associate enablement and engagement happy employees make happy customers so <laughs> making sure that folks are getting you know what they need there's clear expectations there's crisp learning around it we really moved away from that monolithic training and really focused on the micro just-in-time training and again layering in that real-world application piece where we would deliver a training program and then the kind of assessment if you will would be focused on what would they do in the in you know a real customer engagement so if we delivered a course on um let's think of an example um like forecasting. Mm-hmm. That's like, all right, so think about your current book of business and apply what you've learned to show me your, you know, next quarter's forecast. And then we can look at that and then we can measure with real data and see if it's if the training is effective.
0: It sounds like there's a big collaborative element involved there. And I was looking oh, yeah. at that. Yeah, and I, I was looking at kind of GitLab's core values, and there were kind of six core tenets of the GitLab value system, and collaboration was right there, number one. Mm-hmm. Mentioning soft skills and why soft skills are so important these days, and, and that that soft skills, you know, play into the establishment of culture and the development of team chemistry and all of those things. Why mm-hmm. is collaboration the first of your core values, do you think? And how do you go about facilitating a culture of collaboration?
1: Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's no accident that collaborations are first value, because it's so important. And I think one of the wonderful things about GitLab is that we are collaborative in a way that, you know, is new to me, even in all of my experience. And I've worked at open source companies in the past. But GitLab seems to get it in that we are a fully remote company. And so by having you know people all over the world, I think we're in 65 countries last I heard. And by being collaborative, we, we you know eat our own dog food. We use GitLab for all of our work. And so we create issues for courses. We're identifying the learning objectives and inviting everyone in to provide feedback. And it's awesome because we are asynchronous. It allows the flexibility that you don't work nine to five every day, that it allows us to have conversations throughout time zones, across geographies, and to invite people to come in and provide feedback. And you know, one of our other values is being iterative, that it's not done, we don't build, you know, in a vacuum this, this whole course and then push it out and then like, hey, feedback time. We collect feedback and work with our subject matter experts throughout the process. And nothing's necessarily like done, we're always evolving, iterating, continuing to build and make better. So we do alpha testing, beta testing, and we roll it out. And then we revisit you know, once or twice a year. Is this still working? Trying to be more data-driven. And it's easier with that out, uh, application piece because we can create those benchmarks before we launch. Where are we at? And then continue to review as we you know, go along and see if it's working or not. And maybe it stops working when we revisit. Hey, is it time to make an adjustment to this course? And welcoming our subject matter experts you know, peers, um, other experts, we, we partner with Forrester in serious decisions to validate that we're kind of in line with some industry best practices, which we're going along as well. We don't presume to know all the answers, so we really do rely on people across the organization to help us make the best training possible.
0: You mentioned iteration and the importance of iteration and moving away from monolithic training to, to iterative build-as-you-go kind of approaches. Is that a deliberate attempt to be adaptable and flexible as we move forward? Um, is that just something that kind of happened over time or what is the the thought process behind that?
1: I think you're exactly right. Uh, you know, being agile is the name of the game these days, especially in the technology space and being a SaaS company. We don't know what the next hot technology is going to be. It might not even have been invented yet. So I think having that flexibility is critical to success. And by having those lightweight Courses that you know, maybe it's a 30 minute like active learning and then 60 minutes of practice time That it's a lot easier for us to kind of stay on top of What's working? What's not and then making adjustments as we go along versus having to have these long build cycles and long feedback cycles it allows us to adapt and to you know reprioritize and shuffle things as things change
0: so if you have that approach to training where it's it's iterative, constantly updated, you, it requires a lot of feedback, and then you couple that with your practical approach to education and learning on the job, it seems like you would need a whole lot of employee buy-in, right? To, to <laughs> you know to to make that happen and to make that work. And and I think training is one of those things that used to be done to employees, whereas now it's done with, or employees are empowered to take control of their own learning and take control of their own role definitions and their own career paths. How important do you think it is to empower learners to be in control of things themselves?
1: I think it's really important. We talk a lot about building a culture of curiosity at GitLab and it's, you know, there are mandatory training programs, this is a business. We need to make sure that we're driving, you know, alignment and consistency. And we say like, we've been talking a lot about scalability of our engagements as we think through, you know, moving to that next stage of maturity for GitLab as an organization. Um, But it's important for employees to realize that they have a wealth of knowledge at their fingertips. And we're launching a new learning experience platform with EdCast in Q4 of this year. And I think it's going to really revolutionize the way that employees do learn, because we have, you know, a plug for our handbook. I think it's over 6,000 pages of content and growing. You can look at, you know, different ways to engage, different training options. Um, There's lots of stuff. We have, you know, merge requests every day. And it's a great resource. But this will also take that to the next level. We'll have more interactive content. And it'll be self-service. So folks can go in and take what's interesting to them when it's interesting to them. Because we all know, you know, people don't really care about stuff until they need to care about it
0: yeah that's that's the just-in-time learning right or the learning and the flow of work or the moments that matter or whatever phrase you want to attach to learning whenever you need it
1: oh yeah well there's there's yeah the moments that matter as well so it's i think an interesting think of it as a cocktail we've got you know the requests from leadership the requests from the field looking kind of industry best practices um and then like what are our customers saying put it in a little cocktail shaker And then somewhere in there is, you know, the priority is trying to figure out. But I think what's helped us recently is shifting to those moments that matter and really taking an outside in approach. We've recently mapped out our customer journey aligned to GitLab's journey and trying to figure out what are those moments where we win hearts and minds for our customers, whether it's driving customer sentiment, renewals, growth, all of those good things. And thinking about from a training perspective, what's the before, during, and after that needs to take place for us to delight our customers at those various engagement points?
0: Last question for you. You mentioned a culture of curiosity. And I'm curious uh, because the thinking about how you hire people for to fit a culture, I think that's a huge trend right now is Mm -hmm. organizations that have solid learning programs like it sounds you guys have are recognizing that if they find the right people they can learn what they need to do on the job you're confident you can train them to get to where they need to be Mm -hmm. but how do you find the right people to fit your culture
1: that's a great question and i wish darren murph was here he's our head of remote um he would say that we don't hire for culture fit that we hire for values
0: Mm -hmm. And really a way
1: for us to try to take a step back from culture, because that can be kind of ambiguous, you know, depending on who's doing the interviewing. But by focusing on the values, asking, you know, how are you collaborative? How do you feel about asynchronous work? How do you feel about, you know, being iterative and putting out a product that's half-baked or throwing in an idea that might be half-baked? And it's like you can tell their comfort level, how do they feel about pivoting? And you can kind of drill into that in a little bit in the interview process. So we're really looking for folks who are curious, that are, you know, flexible, that are hungry for, you know, the next thing. And we kind of like use that enthusiasm. Effervescence is a word I would use. That's like looking that kind of internal, we can't train you to be that way. We can teach you how to do the job, but if, we're, if you've got that grit, that, that effervescence inside, then you're probably going to be a great fit at GitLab. And then we can kind of show you how we, you know, TAM at GitLab, or how we essay or how we sell. Those skills are, you know, easy enough to teach. But you know, are you, you know, and we don't, we are not GitLabbers. We are internal GitLab team members because we are very much aligned with our community as well. So we're all in this together, and the beautiful thing at GitLab is that everyone can contribute.
0: So if people want to get in touch with you, learn more about you, about GitLab, what's the best way to find you?
1: Well, oh, that would probably be LinkedIn. So uh, Chris Reynolds, you know, I work at GitLab, would be happy to have a coffee chat or anything like that. Um, always love to meet new people.
0: Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Really appreciate Good. it, and look forward to following all of your undoubted success. <laughs> all right take care you too that was chris reynolds i hope you enjoyed the conversation as usual i have put all the details in the show notes thank you for taking the time to listen take care and all the best